In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. Man, what a day. What a day leading into the All-Star game. Monday, the Monday before any All-Star game is always a pretty good day. A pretty good day when it comes to soaking in the great game of baseball and soaking in all the personalities. It is a day where every single All-Star has to sit down at a chair for about 45 minutes and answer questions from the media. Some of them obviously get a whole lot more attention. Good luck getting anywhere near Shohei Itani. Good luck getting near anywhere near some of the the more notable guys. But still, there's a lot of guys to talk to, and there's a lot of things to talk to them about. So that's exactly what we did. It was American League first, and then National League. Obviously, you before right before that, you got the presentation of the starting pitchers for the All-Star game. No shock. Front of the program, Zach Gallen. Go listen to his episode on the podcast from about a month ago. Zach Gallen of the Diamondbacks, he's starting for the National League. And Garrett Cole, he's starting for the um, Yankees. And they had this press conference. That's usually how it works. Um, so congratulations to both of them. And then what you do is you go down and you go down the field at Teen Mobile Park and you talk to the players. They have a little table set up and... You know, like I said, you tried to wedge your way in to ask whatever questions you can. So that's exactly what we did today. And I want to also note a lot of great people to see today. Just so many good people that you don't get a chance to see in person that we have on the podcast. Rob Friedman, a pitching ninja, being one friend of the program and also a partner with our partner, FanDuel. Excellent, excellent. The job that he does is just like mind-blowing. And getting a chance to see him talk to some of these guys today was pretty cool. Where you have Mitch Keller, another friend of the Baseballs and Boring program. He gets a t-shirt. Good to see him. And having Rob watch him sort of break down pitching grips. He has a baseball with him. And Mitch Keller is explaining to him about the sweeper and and all of that stuff. Uh, It's just like all of it whether it's contract talk or whether it's um, pennant races or, or just lots in life, whatever it is with these guys, there's a ton of talk to talk about, and they're all pretty good in terms of talking because, you know what, it's the All-Star game. Everybody should be happy. And one of the people that I talked to at length was J.D. Martinez. J.D. Martinez, obviously, the starting D.H. for the for the National League team, hitting fourth behind his old friend Mookie Betts, uh, his old friend, I mean his friend, and also teammate and former teammate as well with the Red Sox. But J.D. Martinez has had quite a journey this year 
uh, he documents in this conversation, he documents how far he came a year ago. It was a year ago where he sat there and said, hey, you know what, if I was allowed to bet, I would bet on the Red Sox heading into the second half of the year. Well, he would have lost the bet because the Red Sox folded. He wasn't traded. He gets signed by the Dodgers. Then he fixes his swing. That is the synopsis. But we're going to get to that in a second. You'll hear J.D. talk about that. Uh, And also I want to note the other voice on the J.D. Martinez interview, that's my good friend, Alex Spear of the Boston Globe. We talked both were talking to JD at the same time. And later in the day, Alex and I capped things off by going to some place called the Pine Box. So it was a bar, restaurant, pub, whatever it is, and a really unique place in Seattle. And we figured out it was a mortuary. All right. So I love that. I love the fact you can go to these places and go to these unique uh, bars or restaurants or 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 drink in a mortuary it's like what's better than that so good time with alex and like i said he's the other voice in the jd martinez interview you're going to hear a little bit later on in the podcast well the, after the availability of course the signature moment of monday was the home run derby so how do i grade out this home run derby i'm going to give it a b and here's the reason why is because I thought it was a great event. I think the people who went to the park to watch it got their money's worth, in large part because of Julio Rodriguez. Julio Rodriguez, that first round was incredible. It was it was McGuire-esque in what he did. And I was there in 1999, and I had never seen anything like that. Yeah, sure, the balls were pl- juiced, the players were juiced, all of it didn't matter. I mean, the spectacle was a crazy one after another, after another, after another. And that's the vibe you got with Julio Rodriguez with the adrenaline of the fans and the passion of the fans behind this guy. You know what it was doing. And every single ball that he hit, you could feel like the, the, the crowd's enthusiasm and support growing and growing and growing. It was just a cool moment, as was, by the way, the guy who's going against, Adley Rushman. I mean, the show that he put on, the only left-handed hitter who is so anybody in the right field stands are like, please, please hit one here because everybody was hitting it out to left field. I mean, right field stands. Everyone was hitting out to left field because they were all right-handed hitters. But Rushman had a great run. And then, as you know, he, in the middle of it or toward the end of it, he switched and goes from the right side and starts launching balls into the left field stands. It was a great debut for Adley Rushman. But unfortunately, he had to go up against Tessa Juggernaut. It was in, so this is why I give this whole thing a B. Because you had these moments of Julio Rodriguez, unbelievable, unforgettable. Adley Rutschman, great, great moment in, in a couple different ways. And then you have Luis Robert, a, just an excellent performance in the first round. But those three guys, it kind of felt like those three guys were the headliners. Those three guys that we're going to remember from this whole home run derby. And it really was kind of a sad trombone. You get to the end. And, you know, yeah, sure, Randy Rezarena deserved to be there. Vlad Guerrero, the eventual champ, deserved to be there. But it, the, the, the drama and the, and the electricity wasn't what it was earlier in the contest. Still, you know, 
we'll, you love the fact that Vlad Guerrero Jr. won it after his dad had won it. So that's a nice storyline right there. Randy Renzarena, I mean, he put on a show all the way until he finally wore down from doing the whatever the rapid fire technique he was doing. Hey, kids, if you're going to do a home run derby, you know, you, you thought it might be a good idea to do what a Rosarena was doing with boom, 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 boom. Well, you're going to wear it down, and that's exactly what he did. But you had these guys, you had these stars, you had these these home run hitters. And and even, I, I think that Mookie Betts only had 11 home runs, right? It was the lowest total of any round of the day. I think what it did, I give Mookie a lot of credit for trying for trying to do it and throwing himself out there in doing it. But I think what it did also showed is that how hard this is. Like, yes, Mookie has the highest slugging percentage of anybody in the National League right now, but that doesn't mean that he's equipped for the home run derby. This is a big man's thing. And once you saw Mookie get going, you kind of understood that. So I'm going to give it overall B. I, I like the crowd's enthusiasm. I like how you know you had these signature moments, how you, how you had these memorable performances. That's what you want in the home run derby. That's just how it is. So good stuff. And now we move on to the All-Star game. Well, as he said, we were able to, to talk to a lot of these All-Stars. I'm going to talk to them even more or continue to talk to them the day of the All-Star game. There's more access there. But we had put out there on the socials, Producer Evan, I mean, Producer Evan, MVP performance so far this week between the draft and everything else, even though he only got two right in his mock draft. So, oh, well. Um, but... You know, we had put out there on socials, hey, give us a a line of questioning that you want. And the best line of questioning, get the best answers, that person is going to get a T-shirt. Well, Jordan LeAndre um, re- submitted what I thought was a really good line of questioning, which was something to the effect of when did you realize that you basically had made it? And I thought that was something that, A, was number one a good question be a question that these guys wouldn't mind answering and see it was going to be unique enough so you're going to get a lot of good answers so that was the one so t-shirts on the way to jordan great guy and follower of uh, baseballs and boring continue to follow we appreciate it at bb is and boring twitter instagram the works so i'm going to play you the responses that i got you know, with a quick introduction of who each person is, the responses I got when I asked, okay, when did you, I mean, for lack of a better term, when did you realize that you were famous? Okay. All right, here you go. Dodgers designated hitter, J.D. Martinez. When was the first time you realized you were famous? Me? Yeah. Famous? Yeah. I mean, other than doing this interview with us. I mean, my, the, I don't know. Sometimes it's I like mean, probably in Detroit. When I was in Detroit and... That's what it was. When I was in Detroit, and me and Nick actually, we went down to Dominican after 2014, and I just, I just had a good year. It was just like I was released the year before. I was terrible. We go to Detroit. I have, you know, played what four months there in 2014, and it was good. We made the playoffs or whatever. And then me and Cassianos, we go down. They send us to New York, to Dominican Republic, to do a. Um, uh, like one of those little things where you go, where you go by and you see all like the, what is it, the community where yeah. they, where the tigers have their their camps, their Dominican camp or whatever. So we were staying at the Casa de Campo hotel, and we were just 
we had like off days and we were doing um i think we went we were gonna go like fishing or something so we were walking around signing up and the guys everyone that was like working outside there they all knew who i was like hey jd martinez i was like how do you guys do you guys how do you guys even know this down here like what how do you guys know me (laughs) that was kind of it i was like wait a minute how do they that was when i knew that okay you play with the tigers it's like people start knowing you a little bit washington nationals pitcher josiah gray there hasn't really been a moment um I guess, you know, after uh, the trade and everything in, in 2021, you know, it was post-game, I was walking back to the hotel, and, uh, you know, I had a fan that had my jersey on, and, you know, I was two weeks in with the Nationals, and um, he was, like, blown away that he got to meet me, and I was like, I'm just trying to go home. <laughs> so that, that was probably one of the first few moments that I guess I knew I was, I guess, somewhat recognizable. Dodgers outfielder Mookie Betts. Uh Probably sometime in LA, I probably seen someone famous that that and um, they knew who I was. So that, that'd be the, probably uh, probably Nelly. Uh, Nelly's probably the most uh, the one that when I kind of knew because um, you know obviously we know who Nelly is right. So, uh, but he's a big baseball fan. More people are baseball fans than I thought. Rangers second baseman Marcus Simeon. Well, in my debut, I got to play against my favorite shortstop, Derek Jeter. Um, you know, I hit a base hit in my first at bat off Sabathia and was stranded on the bases and was congratulated by Jeter and A-Rod. And I was, you know, I never thought when I stepped into spring training that year that I'd be, you know, having an interaction with two of the best players to ever play the game. Orioles outfielder Austin Hayes. Uh, I think it was my first opening day. Um, I'd been a September call-up twice, so I'd been in the big leagues a little bit, but I'd never really gotten to experience that that first opening day. And I did it on the road a couple times, so I'd really say it was the one at home, getting to run down that orange carpet in Camden Yards, sold-out crowd, and just really looking around like, man, this is what I dreamed of when I was a kid. This is this is awesome. It just hit different. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That orange carpet on opening day at Camden Yards was kind of that moment for me. Pirates closer David Bednar. I think uh, you know being at a being at like a Steeler game and getting recognized or something like that. Like just uh, just really cool. To be like huh, this, this is kind of taking me back a little bit. Just uh, like really, hum- really humbling. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, just awesome. Blue Jays closer Jordan Romano. Yeah, um, you know what? I think it was uh, I think it was last year at the the All Star game. Um, you know, I was talking to Liam Hendricks, and Hendricks said, you know, when he's facing a team that he hasn't faced before, he watches me throw to them, you know, because he thought we had similar stuff. So I was like, wow, you know, that's that's one of the best to ever do it. And uh, to see that he watches me and how I throw guys, that was pretty cool. So that was kind of a moment. Like, hey, you know, it's kind of big time. And finally, Brewers closer, Devin Williams. I, like, randomly saw my face on the side of a bus the other day. And I was like, oh, wait, hey, that, that's me. All right. Thanks, Jordan, for the idea. Thanks to all the players for helping us execute it. Um, and I think it's something that I can continue to ask because, again, when you get a question that you get good answer for, you keep asking. I mean, it's sort of like who's the fastest man in baseball. People like answering that for the most part. I don't think Corbin Carroll liked the answer in today, but that's okay. I understand. He's fast. Maybe he's sick of answering it. You know? So I, I would, if, if someone asked me, if I was fast, yes, I would love answering because no one asked me that. But, but I think that these sort of questions, which you understand 
that players like talking about this stuff and maybe they haven't thought about it. And that elicits a lot of times the best answers, as you just heard. Those are the gold mines. All right. So as we said, you know, I want to play this interview. There's, uh, there's a lot of times there's not a lot of time in this media availability the Monday before All-Star break to talk to these guys. You get to, to rattle off two or three questions. But we locked up J.D. for a little bit. As I said, Alex Spear of the Boston Globe and myself, we talked to J.D. about the path, the journey he has taken over the last year. So I thought, you know, I think it's pretty interesting considering you're talking about the cleanup hitter for the National League team, a guy who has been through, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Now it's six All-Star games. Uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good for a guy who really had a slow start to his career, 35 years old, working on a one-year $10 million contract with the Dodgers. And as we know, last year, uh, the Red Sox chose not to re-sign him, went with Justin Turner, and Justin Turner has worked out beautifully for the Red Sox. I think it's a matter of uh, uh, simply a matter of it's worked out for everybody. But, okay, you be the judge you listen to JD, you hear his path, you hear his explanation, you hear his journey. Again, subscribe, rate, review, listen at uh, also damn near perfect game. By the way, by the way, thank you to Kenley Jansen for allowing a damn near perfect game, the book, to sit on his table at the media session. Huge, huge thanks. Great product placement. We're all about product placement. We love product placement, okay? And uh, and also Joe Kelly tw- trending on Twitter today because someone surfaced his fight. There you go. But, hey, it's good for the book. It's good to spread the word. All right, here you go. Here's J.D. Martinez. What's up, guys? Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Back in a familiar place at the All-Star yeah. Game. Um, yeah, I mean, we can... Do you want to just <laughs> translate everything you just said? No. <laughs> Junior, or we can, um, how, uh, how, how good does it feel to be back here after, you know... Obviously, you were an All-Star in 21, in 22, rather, but uh, then didn't finish the year the way that you wanted to have this first half. What, what does it mean? Oh, it's been good. Um, you know, it's... Uh, it's been a good um, first half of the season. Um, obviously, uh, it's been a different change. I feel like you know, getting to know some of these uh, National League uh, pitchers and National League teams. Uh, so to be able to calibrate, as, I feel like as quickly as I have been, I feel like it's, it's good. Uh, and in terms of just physically, where you've been at, and obviously able to like. You you started like I started looking at the home run plots and I'm like oh he's hitting him to right center again. <laughs> um, what you know? How would you describe where you've been physically and what you've been able to do? That's like that's kind of had this that's led to this future. Yeah, you know, um, kind of like in 2020 when um, when stuff went bad and I kind of you know it was kind of like I was I know what I got to work on now. I know what I got to do. I know what I got to be. You know, I know the things I got to get done for 21. You know, and then kind of last year where kind of wasn't driving the ball but was hitting a lot and then I started trying to drive the ball and then everything kind of spiraled in the second half um I knew what I had to do this offseason to get back to being me um so it's just one of those things where you know just got an opportunity and I'm in a you know I would say more fitting park in a sense where you could hit it out to center right center and right yep. field and not get punished every time I kind of go out there um, like I had at Fenway um, yeah. so it's just you know it's I don't know I feel like it's being able to be me again did you feel like you were like 
you know, at the end of at the end of last season, it seemed like you had made peace with the idea. Like this might be the end here. Did you feel like it was like it was a good time to go to a new place? Yeah, I never. I've, if you look at my my history, my career, I've bounced around. You know, team to team. You know, I'm never when I wasn't like a Xander, Devers, or you know, even a Mook that kind of grew up in a a team and. You know, the guy, hey, I was a superstar, and they kind of wrote me a check, and I was there for my whole career. So I never had kind of that really attachment. I understood. I quickly, it was quickly shown to me that this is a business, and you can be here today and you're gone tomorrow. There's there are other teams out there that, you know, that need somebody. So for me, the idea was always, you know, I thought I was going to get traded last year. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. I didn't, there's no hard feelings about it. Like, I love Boston. Fans were great. The city was great. The team was fun. It was great memories. I have memories all over my house of them. You know. Yeah. Um, but it kind of is what it is. I mean, you know. Uh, obviously, I would have loved to be back this year. You know. But you know, they had different different ideas of where they wanted to go. So it's fine. There's no hard feelings about it. It's just it is what it is. It's a business, and you've always been like clear right about it. So how would you describe <laughs> what you're seeing in terms of how the Red Sox are? building what they're doing um honestly i really like if i'm being real honest i have no idea because i haven't been really watching you know it's it's kind of weird now you're on the west coast so it's like yeah you don't understand it but it's like when you're on complete opposite sides it's like whole other like you feel like you're in a whole another country almost like a whole different time zone it's like you wake up and games are over and your day is just starting and you're like wait what just happened and so it's you know i haven't really been paying much attention you know i still talk to uh, you know core still calls me all the time Mm -hmm. Um, talk to the strength coach Yoshi. Yeah. Um, but besides that, I mean, I don't, I can't even comment on it. <laughs> What's it like seeing home run derby Mookie Betts? Uh, home run. Derby oh, this is gonna be fun. Yeah. This is gonna be fun. That's, I'm excited for him. He's all nervous because he says that he's got no chance. But I told him, I said, you see the New Balance sign right there by the foul pole? That's your target. They'll try to come out here. <laughs> this isn't you. This is you over there. Just hit it right down the line. Keep it fair, and you're gonna be good. He's, 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 he's trying to dumb it down, though. He's like, oh, you know, I'm not expecting to win, this and that. But I know once he gets in that box, his competitive nature's going to come out. How much fun has it been to be back with him? It's awesome. It's been great. Um, I think we're we're such good friends. We feed off each other so much. Um, you know, where it's like we're on a team, but, you know, with the Dodgers and everything. But we're like, I feel like me and him have always kind of had like this, like we're a team type thing yeah. where we're kind of pushing for each other kind of like you know he's looking at things where hey man I think you're I think you're this and I'm watching him and you know helping him and it's it's kind of crazy because at the beginning it was like I was helping him a lot you know when we were in Boston and I really guided him to like you know the swing and stuff and now he's kind of grown so much where now he's making you know his own observations on me and hey I just see you're starting late or you're moving too fast and you're you know, your rhythm's out of control, like, slow your rhythm down, like, slower, you know, type stuff, and it's like, dang, it's a good, you know, like, it's grown so much in the last couple of years, so it's just exciting, it's just, you know, it's, it's cool to have that. Very cool. Thanks, J.D., good yeah. to see you. Hey, what's up? When, <laughs> when you sat at this table last year, you said, I would bet on us, you know, you, you know, and it didn't work out, like you said, the trade deadline, you thought you were going to be trading. 
did you feel like in hindsight like the, you know how was the feeling man when you're playing I guess you see the you're the best in yourself right the best in your team but looking back at it was it like okay maybe it was just wasn't going to work out yeah it's one of those things um you know we just had a string of bad luck I felt like last year with we were in it and then all of a sudden you know injuries and you know sale coming back that was supposed to be a big pickup and then freaking line drive off his pinky puts him on and then another freak thing happened. it was just like one of those things where it was just played you know it's just, that's what it felt like um so it's just it's a tough stretch um i still think we had a great team you know i still think you know we would have had some help or it could have been a different year but you know obviously it was just it wasn't my call you know? but, but you, so you said you said you thought you'd be traded, but at the same time you met with Heim, I think right before the deadline. Mm-hmm. Was it thinking when you were in Houston that you were guys like you just said, maybe if we get some help that you were going to add? Yeah, I mean, I felt like as soon as we traded um, Basky, it was kind of like that cue of like, all right, we're selling. You know, and understandably so. Like you know, with me leaving, Xander leaving, um, you know, Nate leaving, like Christian leaving, like. If you're ever going to do it, that's like the time to do it. You know, just try to get as many pieces as you can for those guys. Um, but it's kind of one of those things where we didn't either. It was weird. And I, I think I talked to you in spring training, and you said that you had heard through the grapevine that Justin, that they had interest in JT. So you sort of knew then, right, yeah. that it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, it was one of those things where, you know, I... I remember receiving a call from the Dodgers and them offering me, you know, a certain amount of money, and, and I just remember reaching out to the Red Sox, and that was kind of when I got wind that, hey, they're interested in Turner, this and that, yada yada, and asking the Red Sox, you know, if they were going to kind of, hey, you're going to go back, what's going to happen, and kind of no comment, and yeah, yeah, we're interested, but nothing happened for a couple days, three days, it's like, alright, well, obviously they want this guy, I was like, that's fine, I'm, I want to go to a team where you know, I don't want to get stuck out in the middle of nowhere and just be sitting there. And now I'm fighting for to, to go to a team or get a job on a team that might not be in contention, might not have a chance to go to the playoffs. And that's inevitably what I want to do. I want to be on a winning team and, you know, to get a chance to play in L.A. and another, you know, historic franchise. And you know, I've been fortunate enough. I've played in one of the biggest teams in the Central with the Tigers. Um the Red Sox in the East and now going to the West and playing for the Dodgers, you know, and not a lot of guys can say they did that. And to me it was it's an honor. It's, it's, it's a cool experience. Um, it's a great franchise and a historic team. So but it was that there. quick though, huh? I mean it was pretty like, much. Yeah, I mean yeah. like it almost sounds like almost like a day. It was like a two, three day thing. Yeah. It was like, hey, this is it. And that's usually how it happens. And I remember how it happened with um in twenty eighteen when I signed, it was like nothing, 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 nothing. For months, so January hits. Now the spring training starts. Hey, here you go. Oh my gosh! Wait a minute. What happened? <laughs> and it was kind of just one of those things. That everything happens quick. The last thing is, we talked at the last week of the season, and sort of like what Alex was saying, you figure some things out. Um, the last week of the season, you're like, I got it. Mm. I got it. Like whatever that was, and I think you explained to me, but it was far too complicated for my <laughs> terrible brain. But, it, but yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. but it's was that what it was? Was it like did um, you had you figured it out at the end of the season? A little bit. Yeah. You know, I felt like it was and then you know, coming into this year and then, you know, getting to work with Rob again once I got out to to Cali, he was able to see something that I hadn't even thought of, you know, or even crossed my mind and he couldn't see on video but he saw in person. 
kind of was, you know, really propelled me, like, oh, snap, okay, this is good, this is real. You know, like, I, I've gotten to a bad habit of, you know, tell you, but like not, yeah, rotating, not rotating my chest as much, you know, okay. trying to hit so many balls to right field where it's like I try staying inside and I kind of stop rotating as much. And, you know, when it started just opening up my chest more and then I got my power back, I was like, oh, crap, there it was. Where's that been? You know, so then it just felt like completely different. How long had you not been opening up your chest? For years. Really? <laughs> yeah. You just had sort of like gone down the bad road? Yeah, and it was kind of one of those things where I've fallen in love with it because, you know, I love to hit the ball the other way. And it was like, okay, you can hit the ball the other way, but you got to do it the right way. You know, you can't like stall your chest out to do it because then you just lose all your power. And that's kind of exactly what happened. So that's what we started doing. I was like, oh, crap, there you go. Ball's flying again. 